And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network dedicated to covering IU women's basketball. Victorious episode of Doing the Work. I am your host, Kathy Amos, and I am joined today by my co-host, Jeff Marlowe. And today we are discussing your Indiana number one seed Indiana Hoosiers win over their opening opponent, Tennessee Tech, 77 to 47, as we have now officially started the NCAA tournament for the women. This takes our women's record on the entire year to 28 and 3. But as always, we will start our show the way we do every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner moment. And Jeff, for me, I think I'm going to start off actually pretty early in the game because I think it was a really important storyline that I'm sure we'll touch on throughout this the episode here today, and that was Mackenzie Holmes being out. So she had a knee injury that was re-aggravating her knee from last year in the Big Ten tournament, and that happened in the first game of the Big Ten tournament against Michigan State. And she was held out today with limited availability um, and ended up not playing because of that knee soreness. And that really made it important for our bench to step up. And in this case, that was Lily Meister. Lily Meister got her first start today in her Indiana career, and it was in front of a 14,000 plus um, attendance fans for Indiana and in an NCAA tournament. And even though the opponent was Tennessee Tech and was expected to win it pretty quickly or not quickly, but pretty easily, I thought it was really important for Lily to come in and do, um, you know, a really fantastic job. And for me then, that banner moment was watching how she opened up the game. And, you know, that uh, we opened the game with Tennessee Tech hitting a three to open. We came down and um, missed one of our shots, but then got it back. And then Grace found Lily down below. And Lily made that shot and then um, converted, got fouled and converted at the, the free throw line for an, an and one attempt really early on to the game. And I thought that set the tone for Lily coming in off our bench, which I thought was really important for her to be giving us good moments. And minutes. And so seeing that right at the beginning of the game, I thought set the tone for the whole team with Grace being active, with Lily coming in and giving us good points. And for me, I thought that was our Hoosier Proud banner moment because to me, it just embodied what this team has been all year and really came up again in this, this game, which was teamwork, right? This was a lot of players coming in, both off the bench or getting their first start or starting as normal. And I thought they contributed in all of their own way. And I thought this play play really highlighted that we had our star player in grace finding our freshman coming in for her first start. And to me, that was our proud Hoosier proud banner moment. But as always, our banner moment is sponsored by Homefield Apparel. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their product lines for schools in their existing line. So you're bound to find something for you or anyone in your life that loves great collegiate gear. And of course, with March Madness going on, you can keep your eyes out for new stuff coming constantly. And um, for me, for example, I signed up for their mystery box that we get every um, two shirts every week here throughout the tournament, highlighting different teams in the tournament. We got our first one the other day. It was really exciting to see. Um, so it's really great to have have that come out. And I'm guessing they might come out with a fairly Dickinson shirt here um, pretty soon into the future if they haven't announced one already yet today. But um, again, uh, for us, I think it's important to go out and look at Home for Apparel because they did just release last week four new IU women's shirts. They're highlighting Grace and McKenzie, a joint shirt with Grace and McKenzie together, and then one for Coach Morin. So go out there and check that out if you haven't. And if you've not shopped at Homefield Apparel, you can find them at homefieldapparel.com. Use our promo code HOME to get 15% off your first order, and then <clears throat> go back again and buy some more stuff later. Again, that website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. 
All right. Well, now we're going to kick it over to, to Coach Marlowe for his opening thoughts in our coach's corner. So, Jeff, what are your initial thoughts about today's game? Well, make sure I mute myself. Um, yes. I thought, first of all, just the defense had to get locked in. I thought we got off uh, to a really shaky start defensively. We, we allowed them to be too comfortable shooting the three in the first quarter. But I thought after the second, once the second quarter began, I really felt like the defensive pressure, the defensive uh, intensity and the game plan really started to click together. When you look at, you know, over the last three periods, uh, we we get, we we outscored them 59 uh, to 29. I mean, that's a 30 point ball game, basically. Um, no, sorry. Yeah, 59-29 yeah. over the last three quarters. I, yeah. I'm going to also pick up on right. what you're talking about a little bit with Grace uh, or, or with uh, McKenzie being out. And again, we weren't, it wasn't quite the production, but if you combine Lily Meister and Alyssa Geary, uh, they provided 10 points, uh, seven rebounds, uh, four blocks and, and, and one steal. So you weren't getting obviously McKenzie Holmes numbers, but you got something out of that position. It wasn't just a whole, it wasn't a donut there. It wasn't four people around, you know, somebody being plugged into the lineup. And, and I, we were texting back and forth and I really said, I made the comment. I think Alyssa Geary is going to get maybe some of her most extended run that she's seen all year. And this is part of the reason why Alyssa Geary's here. I think, you know, from the standpoint that her, her experience having been around, played a lot of games, she was ready to go. And, and I thought that showed, and I thought she had a really, you know, it didn't show up in the scoring column, but I thought she had a really solid game today, as did Lily. Um, so, but I thought once they got pace going, once they were able to get some defensive stops and push the tempo, both second quarter and then in the third and the fourth quarter, the offense really started to click. And you look at, you know, again, I don't want to go too deep in numbers here in this segment, but, you know, without your leading score, without your first team All-American, you had three you had three players in double figures. So, um, obviously, that was a good sign for today. Now, We'll talk a little bit later about what this means going forward. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely agree with all of that, Jeff. Um, you know, there's again, I just I think we'll talk about a number of players today that really stepped up again. And this has just been a theme, I think, of the whole um, season for us. So maybe that's a great segue for us to go ahead and jump into and talk about what went as expected today. So, Jeff, why don't you go ahead and start us off? What is one thing you want to talk about that went as expected for the team today? Grace Berger. Uh, I'll just go simply to the leadership that we think that we have come to expect from Grace Berger. And I thought it was interesting that she did not play with a brace on today. I thought mm -hmm. she was moving as fluid as we've seen her since the injury. Um, so uh, just, you know, Grace Berger, and you look at what she was doing today, she was, I think I may have texted you, maybe I was texting somebody else uh, in a group chat that Grace Berger, or maybe I put it on Twitter, Grace Berger was going to put this team on her back today and make and will them to a win. I think they watched the game last night, that team up north uh, <laughs> that, you know, it, it, that was a one seed that couldn't get out of the first round. I think they saw that. I don't. I think they wanted to make sure they didn't have that kind of fake. I'll bet they knew last night for sure that McKenzie wasn't going to play. The kid, at least the right. players did. The team, the staff, the players knew. Um, so I'm sure they watched that game, going, mm, "Yeah, we got. We may be down with somebody, but and a first team All American, but we got to be ready to play." And what did you get? Just what we expect from Grace Berger. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm going to go with our defense. So we kind of had a little bit of a rough start. We knew that Tennessee Tech liked to shoot the three ball. If you watched their play-in game against Monmouth at all, or even just looked at their stat line, they definitely liked to, to shoot a lot of them. They have around 20 attempts per game that they average, um, only shooting around 33, 34% of them. But we knew that was their game plan coming in. Coach Morin talked about it in the pregame. So it was, um, it was nice to see that we really stepped our, our defense and started really closing out after that first quarter. Quarter, and we held um, Tennessee Tech to 47 points, 47 points. This is a team that averages right at 69, 70 points per game. So well, again, after uh, under their their season average as points per game for a team. Um, so I think this is, again, just a theme we've seen um, from Coach Moore and teams, not just to this year, but in, you know, historically with her teams, is their defensive mindset and letting their defense kind of dictate um, uh, how the game is going to go. And again, you know, we had a <laughs> we held in the second and fourth quarters, we held them to nine points and eight points, respectively. So 17 points over just two and half of the game, I think, just says a ton about our defense and how they really buckled down after that first quarter, letting them score 18. Um, any thoughts? on the defense overall, Jeff, today? No, I mentioned it in my opening comments. I thought the first yes. quarter was very, especially the first half of the first quarter. We were on pace to give up 28 in the first quarter, and that that's not sustainable. And and I the other thing I was expected, uh, Kathy, I, I'll go away from the defense. They handled the mm -hmm. pressure. They, they, and again, yeah, next press may not be as good as – as Ohio State's, but they they only had 10 turnovers for the game, and a couple of those came a little bit later. Um, you know, Yarden had five of the 10, but I really felt like they handled the full court pressure pretty well. Their turnovers tend to be in the front court after they've broken down the pressure a little bit. Um, they struggled to hit some shots in, you know, in the first quarter, it kind of get right there at the very beginning of the second quarter. But just as ex this is what we expected. That's why that Ohio State second half was such a, you know, I hope mm -hmm. we look back on it as, as such an anomaly that this was yeah. not a team that generally struggled with pressure. And, 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 but it does show you that once it kind of gets inside your head, like it did that day against Ohio State, it's tough to get it out of you. But they've had a couple of weeks. I'm sure they worked a lot. They knew Tennessee Tech was going to press them. But so just again, as expected, this team handles, you know, it's, you know, I know teams want to play that way, but it's not necessarily a team that you really want to press a lot. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. I, I I didn't think that press bothered us at all today. And back to your Ohio State, you know, we played Ohio State three times. And I feel like sometimes reading some comments on Twitter or in other other chat areas that sometimes some of our fans have forgotten that, that we handled Ohio State for two and a half games. <laughs> it was that one half, though, that was lingering with us it, to see if that was something that was going to continue. And I agree. I, I don't think it bothered them whatsoever today. Definitely not the caliber of press that Ohio State has for sure, but it still was a press nonetheless, and it was something Tennessee Tech is also known for, which is pressing. I didn't think there was any problem with it all, and I thought they attacked the middle of it a little better than they did in that second half of the Ohio State game. So definitely learned from that second half of the Ohio State Um other things that I think one expected, and we'll get to it probably more when we get inside the numbers, but just overall, I thought the team shared the ball really well today. They were really making that extra pass and finding the extra person to, to find um, somebody, whether it was out on the perimeter to take a shot or, or even to just drive the ball. But I just thought really finding people in transition and on their offensive end was something that really was highlighted today for our team. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think again, just another thing that we come to expect with this team is sharing the ball and 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 with that. So, but 
Yeah, I, that's just the nature of this program. They're going to share the ball, and they and and they got a they got lucky a couple times. There was the one segment where um, I can't remember who threw the pass, but it was intended for one person, and it kind of got deflected and just yes. and, and and ends up in Alyssa Geary's hand Geary's hands. Geary's hands, yeah. So you know, <laughs> sometimes you got to catch a break. We saw that last night yeah. too. You know, the the fifty fifty balls, the the balls that kind of bounce one way or another. You know, sometimes have to end up in your hands. But I, I felt like they got them off back once they got the lead i felt like they kind of got tennessee tech back on their heels yeah and it's tough to play that way yeah that sounds uh exactly right to me too um so let's just jump over to the surprises jeff and then once we get to inside the numbers i'm sure we'll talk more about things that weren't expected but what kind of surprises did you have from the team today uh and this got brought up in the chat with the workaholics a little bit here if you're watching us on the youtube yeah. live uh feed uh we out rebounded them which was to me is not an unexpected but we gave up 13 offensive rebounds that that even, I know Mac didn't play, but that's not a sustainable number going forward against some of the better teams we're going to see. Again, you're going to get either the eight or nine seed coming out of this next game, um, which, again, hopefully, you know, I won't try and give away too much in, the, in a later segment, but you can't give up 13 offensive rebounds in your second round game. You can't give up 13 offensive rebounds in the in the re, in the semis or in the in the regional. So they've got to find a way whether Max playing or not, they got to find a way to clean up the offensive rebound. Now, part of that skewed. We shot so well. Once we finally got our game going, we shot 29 for 50 overall, 58%. So, I mean, there weren't a ton of offensive rebounds for us to have, but you still got to you, you got to clean up a little better than that. That surprised me when I saw that number at the end of the game. Yeah, I did too. Um and um the other surprise to me actually, I 100% on the the rebounding being been a little bit of a theme all year we're kind of watching as we go through some of these games with teams that are uh, maybe a little stronger in the rebounding area today again we didn't need the offensive rebounds only two because we did shoot 58 percent but the thing that um also surprised me was and this probably sounds weird but maybe not but turnovers for tennessee tech we had um forced 10 turnovers and i i, I was surprised at that number because I actually thought it was higher than that. It just felt like we had forced a lot more turnovers. And maybe it was because maybe we were forcing them, you know, to, to miss a lot more shots and we blocked a lot of shots. Maybe to me, those were feeling yeah. like turnovers. Um, and But it did feel like we had more than, you know, the seven steals that we were even accredited for, which is still a ton. But I was a little surprised to see they only, only quote unquote, only had 10 turnovers. Um, but and overall, I, I wasn't real surprised with much else of the game. But, yeah, go ahead, Jeff. I'll kind of follow up here. Again, this is Steve Fisher and the workaholics talking about this. You, I agree. You don't have to win every stat category. And I do think there was one thing that he points out with the, with the 11 block shots. Some of those ended up back at, with Tennessee Tech. So <laughs> they may those that may have skewed the offensive rebounding numbers some. Because when you have 11 blocks, if even if only half of them go back, to Tennessee Tech, that's five or six offensive rebounds right there. I, I would assume if it's being counted as a shot, there has to be a rebound. So, Steve, kudos to you for kind of bringing that up in the chat. Um, and, and that makes some sense when you look at the 13 offensive rebounds. Um, 
but I thought Kathy and one thing you and I were texting about. No offense to the stat people, we were trying to use to follow the game that normally you know we weren't able. The IU website took us to something that we didn't like, and and the other the other that we were trying to use doesn't give us a lot of things like points off turnovers and stuff. So we're kind of grasping for straws, but it it did seem like we converted those ten turnovers into points. And I don't have specific numbers, but at least I test wise, it yeah. seemed like the few the few turnovers we got we forced we turned those into points yeah I, I agree i mean um because i felt like again we don't have the numbers like jeff said about you know points and transitions and and fast break points and things like that but you know i felt like we absolutely won the fast break contest here today and i think a lot of those steals and turnovers that we did for seven steals again I think that really turned into a lot of fast break points for us. So uh, again, we don't have the exact numbers. We're going off a of feel here, but um, it felt to me like we really did um, turn those and were very efficient with uh, those, those seven or 11, 10 turnovers rather. Sorry. Um, anything else in terms of surprises, Jeff, you want to talk about? No, not really, Kathy. All right. Well, we've already kind of started diving a little bit, so let's uh, keep going on the number side of things. So, what's the team number you want to do? Want to announce? Um, well, I'm going to go right off the bat and and just talk about uh, free throw shooting and 14 of 18, 78 percent. And again, this has been a team that has routinely shot pretty well from the free throw line this year. And you would think in your own gym, you're going to shoot a little better as well. So, but again, those 14 points came in handy. Um, you know, they, they, they made, and I would point this out, I think last week, on uh, one of the men's games, um, the differential here, we made twice as many free throws as Tennessee tech shot. We were 14 of 18. They yeah. were three for six. So that's a, you know, that's, that's an 11 point number right there. And then again, against a team, a, a little better team, a higher seed, that could be a huge number if we're going to be like that. And I thought a lot of that came because the kids were aggressive going to the basket, especially in spurts. I thought there were times where they settled for jump shots a little bit, but I thought that getting to the free throw line for 18 free throws was a huge number. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I am, um, uh, you know, we were definitely really aggressive and that seemed to be our game plan, which made a lot of sense, right? We could, you could just see on the TV that we had quite the height advantage over this team and length like that. I think our length really, really bothered the, um, Tennessee Tech today um, and rightfully so. And you could see coming into that second quarter, especially I felt we really had a game plan of driving the ball. Even in the first quarter, I mean, we had them in foul trouble and we're in the bonus in that first first quarter with what, something like six minutes left in the first quarter, six, seven minutes. So uh, it, it was definitely helpful then. So, um, and then not just that, but to get up there and, and make those free throws were important. So getting to the line is one thing, making them is um, very important. So the other sad, and I started uh, talking about this a little bit in my as expected, which is sharing the ball. Um, we ended up with 18 assists, which is right where we average as a team, which is amazing. It was 18 assists made to 29 made field goals. And that is just such a great ratio, I think, for, for this team um, and bodes well. And what it doesn't tell us is the story behind all of the passes that came into the assists. And, I, you know, the hockey assists, so to speak. And we saw that, and I thought, a number of plays where we had, you know, for example, in the third quarter where Parrish had the ball, got it to Grace in the lane. Grace kicked it out to Yard and Garzone in the corner for a three. And, you know, that that sparked a 5-0 run at the beginning of the third quarter to get us up 27 to 44. And we just had a number of those runs. And I think a lot of it was sparked by our just really crisp and um, good ball movement. But 
But any other um, thoughts on that, or do you want another stat you want to talk about? Yeah, I was found the the IU website now has some better has a little better stat line here since the oh, game good. ended, Kathy. So I've kind of been trying to pull it up here a little bit. Um, uh, I'll just kind of go through these real quick. I'm, I get your thoughts on these. I'll run through the numbers and I want to get your thoughts on them. I won't comment on so much. Um, second chance points. Uh, Tennessee Tech outscored us five to two. Uh, bench points. We outscored Tennessee Tech seventeen to eleven. Um, and fast break points, Indiana. This is what we, I, I think this goes back to what we were talking about a little bit. I really want to get your reaction on this one. Fast break points, Indiana 29, Tennessee Tech zero. Did you hear me, Kathy? Jeff, you, you're there, my, my Kathy. Team. All right, we've Cut. lost Kathy for a second. I Kathy, think you so. there? Okay, so did you hear the numbers I gave you? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so Kathy's having a little bit of a technical issue. And so, but 20, I'm not sure I've ever seen a game where somebody's outscored the other team 29 to nothing in fast break points. And I, I, that just, and I knew we were playing well, but I just didn't realize it was that well in transition uh, from that standpoint. So um, I think one thing that goes with that is that this team talking about breaking the press earlier, kind of as expected that they attack the pressure. They don't just get it across half court usually and pull out toward the timeline and run something. If they've got an advantage two on one, Three on two, they attack, and that gets them also not only fast break points, but it gets them the line. It looks like Kathy's back, so I'm going to throw it back over here. Kathy, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? <laughs> I can. Yeah, I can you, you hear me? So we are talking about – yeah, yeah. All right. So I was talking about fast break points. I want your thoughts on, A, the fast break points, 29 to nothing, fast break points, IU advantage, and, oh, also points in the paint, 44 to 16, and bench points, 17 to 11. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, that that kind of backs up what we were kind of thinking before, which was our fast break points. Really, um, it felt like we were definitely pushing that ball in transition, and that completely backs it up. Um, and I think it backs up our defense too. So, uh, no fast point points um, for for them at all. I think just talks about you know um, how many what we get back in transition as well too. Although again, I didn't feel like we really gave up the ball a whole lot to even enable them to have a fast break opportunities anyway. So I thought that was really good. Uh, points in the paint also, that just seemed like it was um, definitely trying something we were looking to do, right? Drive the ball. So all of those numbers are really backing up what we were kind of surmising at the beginning of the, the episode here. Um, so I'm trying to get caught back up here. Sorry about that. I don't know what's you're going good. On. It just... happens. It happens. <laughs> Technology while is you're great trying, when it works, right? <laughs> yeah. And so while you're trying to get caught up a little bit there, um, yep. I really don't have any other individual stats I want to talk about, unless you do, because I just I want to kind of save those for when we get to talk about game ball and hustle awards. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I did a little bit. So, you know, I thought Sydney Parrish in particular had just a fantastic second half in particular. So I think she had around seven points in that first half and she ended up leading the team with 19 points. Um, she also came in with got eight rebounds for us as well um, and, and contributed to the steal and a block. So the other thing, you know, we kind of talked about a little bit where the blocks, um, 11 blocks was a ton for this team, especially with McKenzie being out. Um, we had three from Lily Meister, three from Grace Berger, and a whole slew of people with one to get to 11 blocks. And again, I think that just backs up what we we're talking about with we just really had the length and the size and athleticism over Tennessee take tech in this game. And um, Grace so had two, a couple. And Grace had two of them on one possession. <laughs> yes, that's right. Although she was Oh yeah, she was got three there too as well. Um, the other thing I was a little concerned about with Mac being out was was fouling. Um, and you know, I thought the team did a nice job because we've seen that in the last few games, how we ended the regular season and Big Ten tournament with some of our our players getting into foul trouble. Um, but I didn't see that today. You know, the most we had was from Sydney Parrish with three, but after that, people had either zero, two, or only one foul. And so again, some of that is accredited to, you know, it was a little less physical than a lot of the games we were ending with. Uh, but in general, I thought that we did a nice job of defending, but doing it cleanly as well. Um, so those were a couple other stats I had. We only finished with 10 fouls. They only had 13. I mean, it really was not a lot of fouling and in the few fouls that yeah. seem to occur really seem to come in the first, in quarter, the first yeah. half or on shooting fouls. But so that kind of explains some of the free throws for IU, especially, but yeah, I'm both neither team. And I thought the officiating was pretty solid. I really did. I thought they, and like you were talking about though, it wasn't a real physical game. That wasn't Tennessee Tech's kind of game. They're more of a finesse, get up and down, use their pressure. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out on two, uh, excuse me, on Monday against whoever we play. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Well, with that, let's go ahead um, and uh, transition over to Game Ball and Hustle. Oops. All right, Jeff, um, I'll let you kick it off with uh, our Game Ball. Who would you like to give your Game Ball to today? Uh, give me a second, Kathy. I'm trying to get all the oh, production yeah. work stuff up. All here. right. Thanks. Um, so no, you're fine. I'm just doing that. He's got the, the scroll there. So yeah, let me recap where we're at. And, um, and you can think about in case you don't know who you want to vote No, I got for, it. I know who I want. You know, you got it. All right. Well, yeah. Mackenzie Holmes does lead us to 15. Um, Grace with uh, six, Sydney with three, Garzon with three, Chloe with two, and Sarah Scalia with one. So um, we know I Grace, our Mackenzie won't get it today. So um, how about for you though? Who would you? give your game ball today I, I i already mentioned her already and that's grace Berger. i, I just yeah. think that i know she wasn't the leading scorer on the team but you look at the stat line 17 points on six of nine shooting five of seven at the free throw line seven rebounds four assists three blocks and a steal and she committed zero turnovers in 30 minutes and i thought that grace Berger, like i said mentioned earlier just grace Berger making that decision as a leader that she was not going to let this team have anything happen to it today with their all American out. And she, of course she's an all American too, but she was going to, she was going to do what it took, whatever it took pass rebound block shots, whatever. And I just, so Grace Berger is going to get my game ball today. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll, um, 
I'm actually going to uh, second that and we'll make it unanimous here. So Grace, for me, I thought she did all the things today. I, I tweeted that out from our doing the work account. Um, we're definitely going to miss her and I'm hoping we're going to continue seeing her for the next three weeks. But next year we will feel the lack of her presence, not because of her scoring, but because of all the things, all the things that Grace does. The, the scoring is just one facet of the game. There's the assists, you know, again, you already mentioned, um, but she ended up with four assists today, leading the team there as well. And the lack of turnovers, again, less physical team helps uh, quite a bit with that, but they were pressing and there was that, the, always that chance of it. So I, I think this was just a fantastic game for for Grace. And, you know, it was great to hear the the uh, applause that she got at, um, when she sat down with about six minutes to go. So it was nice to see them get some rest, by the way, for our starters there towards the end. Um, well. And you mentioned that and real quick, Kathy, you mentioned that nobody played over 30 minutes yeah. today. And again, that's kind of what you want to see in a game like today, but nobody played over 30 minutes. And I thought, I think that's a positive heading into Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really great. We had um, what we ended up with like 11 players, even without McKenzie, we saw 11 players see the floor today with Ariel Wisney getting in that last two minutes and 42 seconds. So really great, again, all around team effort. So let's transition with that and talk about some team effort, I think, and talk about our Hoosier Hustle Award. So Jeff's going to be bringing up here as well, the scroll at the bottom, if you're watching on YouTube. So we've had, again, this is just a testament, I think, to how well-rounded this team is. And we have had different players step up. So Sydney Parrish leads the way with eight Hustle Awards. Chloe Moore McNeil right behind her with seven and a half. Um, uh, Berger, uh, Sydney, sorry, Grace Berger with four and a half. Lily Meister with three and a half. Vargaser with two. Sarah Scalia with one and a half. Then one each for Geary, Garzon, and Caitlin Peterson. So Jeff, I think we could go a number of different ways here. So um, if you're listening live and you're in the chat, you might want to start, start thinking about your vote as well in case we have a tie to break. So we'll see. Jeff, who goes first for your um, Who's Your Hustle Award? Well, you pointed out Sydney Sydney Parrish, and I thought Sydney had a really good day. Um, you, you know, she had two assists, she had a steal, she had a block, um, she had two turnovers, unfortunately, but eight rebounds. She again, she, she led us in rebounding today, and again, that's just something we've come to expect. But I'm going to go more just because I think of what we talked about earlier, just the surprise of not knowing because we didn't know until this morning. Ari, you know, Ari was at the game, and, and he's you know been there, and I think he's even you know, he texted me a little while ago about the Tennessee Tech coach. But we found out what maybe 45 minutes before game time, Kathy, that we were told that Ari told us that, mm -hmm. she, that Mac was limited. But I think if you watch that game and saw it on TV, I, I, there was no way, in my opinion, they had any intention of putting Mac into the game unless they right. absolutely like maybe we got behind by 10. You know, I, I just don't think she never took off her shooting shirt. She did she, from what we were saw on, online and Twitter. She didn't participate in any of the stretching drills, yeah. anything like that. So I don't think they had any intention whatsoever. They they gave the coach speak. She was available. All right. She was available. But anyway, I'm kind of digressing here because I should save that for a later segment. But I'm going to go Lily Meister here. Lily Meister, her first start of the year, uh, seven points, four rebounds, uh, one assist, one turnover, three blocks. And I kind of tweeted out at one point on my personal account because Kathy was running the doing the work account today that Lily Meister there in the I may have been the first quarter, first half was doing TJD type stuff um, with that, with the blocks. But she didn't get in foul trouble. This has been something she's battled mm -hmm. all year as well for the few minutes she's played. She had one foul and she played 20 minutes. So I'm going to go Lily Meister for my hustle award. 
Yeah, absolutely. Good, good vote. Um, yeah, I think Sydney Parrish definitely, I, I don't want to overlook her, right? Because especially that second half, I thought Sydney was incredibly important for our team. And I hope that leads her to continue that into the game on Monday. Uh, you know, again, 19 points and leading the team, I thought was just fantastic. But Jeff, I'm going to make this unanimous. I, I had Lily written down already in that third quarter. Again, the pressure, I, I wonder you know, would get to her or not. And it just didn't seem like it. As I mentioned in my Hoosier Proud Banner moment to open up our podcast, you know, she got that ball down low and she just did what she she did, you know, and again, um, ended up with seven points. She got all of those in the first half. She did it though on three or four shooting. Um, she made her one free throw from the line that I mentioned as well when she got that end one attempt at the beginning. And, and I just think that it was really resounding um, effort from her to come in and give those 20 minutes in between her and um, Alyssa Geary giving another 17. I, I thought that was very important with McKenzie out, but I thought Lily definitely led the way between the two of them. And I also vote for her for my Hoosier Hustle award. So that takes um, Lily Meister up to four and a half, tying her actually with Grace Berger for Hoosier Hustle awards for the year. So Jeff, let's transition then into lingering question. I think we all know the biggest one. So let's um, go ahead and talk about probably the um, probably Mackenzie Holmes, right? Yeah. And where she's at and the the impacts to her being out or not um, on Monday. So what are your overall thoughts with Mackenzie? I I think I texted this earlier in the group with you and Ari in the group chat, uh, or or I actually I put it in the workaholics. Or I get fifty fifty on Monday. I'm, maybe I'm being too pessimistic at this point. But Kathy, you and I texted back and forth about this a little bit. She'd been out to. I mean, they've been off two weeks. They had not played a game in two weeks, and yet she was held out for precautionary. You know, limited for precautionary reasons. I, that that concerns me more and more. Now, maybe another week we'll get her healthy, and and they feel like they can play her. But um, I'll be. I, I think it's one of those that you're going to kind of get the classic game time decision for her on Monday. And I think, yeah. you know, possibly can, you know, should we be able to win a one, eight, one, nine matchup with McKenzie out? Yes. Will it be tougher? Yes. Both things can be true, but I think you get into that regional. It really limits our ceiling. If Mac isn't healthy enough to give us even a, a portion of what she gives us every night, even if she only gives us 12 to 15 points a night and five rebounds. It's just that presence she brings out on the floor because other teams have to guard her. Um, so obviously the lingering question right now is how, how, how hurt is she? How soon can she return if at all? And, and so, and then what does that mean for this team going forward? Yeah, I, I agree. I I was um, concerned about this after the Michigan State game and especially watching the Ohio State game. That was definitely the biggest concern I had coming into the tournament. And I was really hopeful that with two weeks, she would be able to get a lot of good treatment, get some rest. And the fact that she didn't play, um, didn't even warm up today. Again, they probably knew, as you mentioned, at least last night that she wasn't going to play uh, at all today. But it does have me pretty concerned at this point um, that we may not see her on Monday either at this point. And then it becomes what is our new ceiling? Because I think we all have to agree that um, without McKenzie, I think that changes the ceiling for this team and our expectations. And we just really need to, to temper those going forward, um, because even if she plays, she may not be 100 percent. And, you know, we saw last year if you watch the team much that McKenzie at hundred percent is not the same as McKenzie we saw here um, leading up into the big 10 tournament. So that is for me, absolutely the biggest lingering question. Um, what other lingering questions do you have though? Any of them? 
Uh, can you continue to get the same level of play? If she can't play Monday, can you continue to get the same level of play out of Lily Meister and Alyssa Geary that you got today? Or do you, I don't know, I, again, I haven't seen much of Oklahoma State or Miami, so I'm, I'm a little bit blind on them right now. Uh, obviously, we'll watch the game here a little bit this afternoon. But Or do you try to go a little smaller? Do you go with maybe a little smaller line? Because our guards are so big. I mean, we're, you know, when you look at it, that's one thing they talked about on the broadcast quite a bit today. So if you're not maybe, – maybe you don't, you know, if Lily or Alyssa don't have it or get in foul trouble Monday, can you go – a little smart because Grace Berger can post up, Yarden Garzon can post up, Sydney Parrish can post up a little bit, and then you just maybe you play Scalia around the other four starters, you know, and with the four starters, open it up and just see what you can do. But, um, yeah, I think this right now, Terry Morin and her staff are going through a lot of plan B's, C's, D's right now about what they're going to do if if McKenzie is not available on Monday and going forward and, and depending upon when she is. But I think that's the other lingering question right now is how do you, you know, what's the lineup look like and what kind of contributions can you get from those players? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and today we, we had that, we had, um, you know, a number of players coming off of our pen, our bench and, and putting in some big minutes. And I think that just stresses the importance. Uh, again, um, we definitely need some outside shooting to to continue. Sarah Scalia, we didn't talk a whole lot about her, but she missed her four three-point attempts. And, you know, I'm hoping that we'll start seeing those go down a little bit more. Um, you know, we're five of 16 on three-pointers, and that's something, you know, has been kind of hot or cold for this team. So hopefully we end up with a little bit better than three points, you know, 31% that we had today. Um, you know, we averaged 37% um, percent on the year, but it seems to kind of come in, in a feast or famine kind of such a situation. And today we didn't need it. Obviously, we won by 30 without it um, and still made five. And I just think that we're going to have to get um, a little bit more out of some of our bench players, especially I think Sarah and Alyssa Geary um, and Lily Meister going forward for sure. Um, and any heard, other link? Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. I, was kind of, I thought you were done and we're having a little bit of cross back here, but I think we got to shoot the three a little bit better. I mean, this is not a team that is going to live and die by the three, but I think what five for 18 tonight, we, we need to be closer to seven of 18, eight of 18, something like that. Just that little extra from beyond the arc will make a huge difference if McKenzie's not available. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else or should we kind of start talking about our, our next opponent that we don't even know who it is yet? <laughs> yeah, let's go on and, and we'll get to what's okay. next. All right. I was just checking. So it doesn't look like so their next opponent will be the winner of Miami and Oklahoma State. So that just tipped off their uh, Oklahoma State is up three to two, um, basically three minutes into that. So um, haven't done a whole lot of deep diving into either one, but, you know, we can talk a little bit. Let's first start with Oklahoma State. So, again, um, if you're wanting to watch that, you can after our podcast here, that game between Oklahoma State and Miami is airing right now on ESPN. So the, the fun thing with Ohio, Oklahoma State, rather. Um, is Yarden Garzon's sister, Lior, actually plays for them. So if, you know, Oklahoma State ends up beating this Miami team, then we'll have sister against sister. So um, Oklahoma State finished um, 21 and 11 in the regular season. They finished 10 and 8 in the Big 12. Um, in their Big 10, excuse me, Big 12 <laughs> conference tournament, they lost to Texas in the semifinals, 57 to 64. 
Um, Jeff, you want to talk a little bit about their their scoring or anything else you know about Oklahoma State? I really don't know much about them. I thought it was interesting that they had the discussion between the Garzon sisters about how you're supposed to actually pronounce the last name. Uh, yeah, they disagree on it. Yeah, they disagree. <laughs> but anyway, they're averaging about 75, 76 points a game. They're led by Naomi Initis. I hope I'm saying that right. Initis with 13.8. They have three players in double figures, but no, no big 20, 22 point type score. But I'm sure they've got a good balance. The Texas, by the way, that loss, you know, Texas won the Big 12. They won the Big 12 tournament. So, you know, that's not a bad loss for Oklahoma State in the semis there um, as well. But it, it's a team that Oklahoma State has traditionally been in the tournament. I remember seeing them several years ago. Uh, we happened to go down to Purdue. Now, this is probably 10 or 12 years ago now. Purdue was hosting a first and second round game, and Oklahoma State was part of that group uh, that was there. And I saw a little bit of them, but I don't, you know, so it's, it's a team that's been a, a traditionally kind of middle, a little bit maybe top third, you know, Big 12 team. Yep. Yeah, that sounds right. So, um, yeah, so they have about three players that uh, average in double digits. So you already mentioned their their leading scorer. Um, Lior Garzon um, is 10.9 uh, next on the team. And then Taryn Milton is 10.2. So they do have three players and uh, that average in and double digits for the season. And they have a couple of uh, players as well, just behind them with just under 10 points per game. Um, they don't they, and then they have one Talon. Um, Collins, who um, averages around eight points, or excuse me, eight rebounds um, per game. I'm trying to find their um, team in terms of how they do as a team rebounding here. So it looks like they average right around um, 37 rebounds per game. So, um, yeah, so it seems like maybe that um, match up fairly well with them. So we'll see. Um, you know, they average 76 points per game. So can we hold them under that again if we end up playing them? Is probably always going to be our biggest question and the rebounding and turnovers. Um, um, let's move on to Miami, I guess. And then unless you had anything else in Oklahoma State you wanted to touch on? Okay. Nope. Uh, Miami, the, the fun thing here, I guess, for Indiana fans is if we play Miami, we'll have the men playing Miami tomorrow and then the women turning around on Monday on and playing Miami. Um, real quick side note, they haven't released the times or the channel for our Monday game, so we don't know. Um, we think that the game would probably be most likely sometime in either the late afternoon or into the evening time frame. So just keep an eye out on ESPN to see what channel they end up picking on. And it will be one of the ESPN channels. We just don't know which one. Okay, sorry. Uh, we'll go on to Miami. So Miami finished 19 and two in the regular season, 11 and seven in the ACC conference. Um, they too lost to in their semifinals of their conference tournament. They lost to Virginia Tech. 42 to 68. And again, for those of you following basketball, Virginia Tech did get one of those number one seeds. So not surprising that they they really fell pretty hard to a very, very good Virginia Tech team. Um, what else do you want to talk about with Miami? Yeah, again, another team that to kind of, you know, it, it's all has been in the tournament several years and maybe not in a row, but they're a team that's battling to be in the tournament or right around there. Uh, they do have the two girls, um, the twins or the sisters, they're big NIL people. Uh, Cavender, you're, you're looking at the roster. Cavender, some is that right? The Cavender, Cavender yeah, yeah. The two sisters, they're big. They're like the most popular, you know, something. I I remember seeing this online. They they are big on twit on YouTube. Yeah. They're, they are. Now I'm not saying they can't play. I'm just saying that they, this is the the agent of NIL. They are uh, a couple of the highest biggest the highest earners of NIL money anywhere. In, in the women's game because of their following on 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 youtube and and, and instagram um they yeah, are averaging 
Haley huh? and Hannah. Haley yeah. and Hannah. Those are the the names of Cavenders. Yeah. They're averaging about seventy one points a game. Oh, here it is. And Haley leads them in scoring at twelve point yeah. six, and then followed by Destiny Harden at twelve. But other than that, I really don't know much. I do want to go back real quick, Kathy, because Ari texted us a little bit in the group, and I'm a, he says he's going to try and get this. Up. He's got comps. I'm assuming this is public knowledge. Um, uh, in fact, you had already put it on Twitter that uh, this was according to Terry Morin on Mackenzie Holmes, limited all week. Was un- was available for emergency today. Optimistic she'll play Monday. Okay. So I wanted to follow that up a little bit. Yep. Okay. Yep. And still no time or channel listed nope. for Monday. So. Nope. <laughs> um, okay. So Miami. Yeah. So we talked about their scoring as a in terms of rebounding as a team. I'm just trying to look here real quick. They average around 38 rebounds per game as well. So pretty even. Case that folks that aren't sure too either. Um, our rebounding is around 37 rebounds per game. So it seems like in terms of rebounding, we're we're pretty well matched with both of those teams. Um, just to see what else do we like to talk about? Turnovers. Um, Miami tends to looks like quite a few 16 turnovers per game. They average, um, trying to find it for Oklahoma state, but, but do those remember those up. rebounding numbers that for us are with Mackenzie yes. Holmes averaging what she does. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, here we go. Oklahoma state averages right around 13 or so turnovers per game. So, um, so that's always something we like to watch as well. Cause we typically force our teams into around 16 or so turnovers. So, um, Anything else you want to highlight with either of these teams? Again, that game right now is on ESPN. So um, after you're done with us, you can go flip that on and, and take a shot at looking at one of our opponents and do your own scouting report, I suppose, on either one of them. Just got to, got you know, this is one of those maybe where we need a good crowd Monday night because a, a good crowd maybe to help push the kids over a little bit. But again, this is a team, even without Mac being fully healthy or not playing, is a team that can win some games in the tournament. Now, I think it, again, limits the ceiling, but it's a team that can win games. They've got veterans. They've got kids who've played in big games before. So it's just a matter of executing the game plan that they come up with. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, with that, I guess we can move on to talking about some programming notes. Um, I did just get a text across for those of you who are home field apparel fans. They do have a fairly Dickinson shirt now out there for your uh, um, um, collection. So if you so choose, so I, you can go ahead and check that out. <laughs> I don't know if it was a parody or true or somebody made it up, but they, somebody was saying they were like, uh, like late last night after the game, we're trying to make us yes. uh, get a deal with fairly Dickinson. So <laughs> I saw I'm that on their surprised. Twitter account. Yeah. <laughs> so I knew you, we all knew that was coming. So um, anyway, again, and if you haven't shopped at home field again, and this is how you want to start your home, field apparel collection you can use our code home h-o-m-e to get 15 percent off of that first order but um back to us so jeff is still keeping us updated about hoosier alums out in the community and on the twitter feed about how our alum- alums are doing in the professional career we know alexa Goulbe is out there right now um playing in, is is that a tournament that she's playing in jeff over they, in europe in they're in the it's kind of it's very similar to soccer, Kathy, where you have your national team, you know, your national league, like the Premier League for soccer, Spain and, and the all other countries all have their own national leagues, but the top teams qualify for what they call Euro League. And they they qualify based on what they did last year for this year's Euro League. So right now they're in the quarterfinals 
of the Euroleague playoffs. And they they had to qualify for that. They had to finish in the top two of their of their group. Um, and so they had their second game yesterday. And I was able to find that. I got lucky to find it on YouTube. I had a, somebody, uh, uh, a place on website had put a link to it on, on YouTube. So I was able to find it and put it on the community. But she played about six, seven minutes. Uh, she doesn't usually get as much time in the EuroLeague action as she does in the Spanish League. But they it's now kind of that point where she, they're going to have a lot of games. They played twice this week in the EuroLeague. Uh, split. They have they have a game tomorrow, I think, in the Spanish league, and then they got to turn around and play game three a little bit later this week in that Euro League tournament. So uh, if they win that, they'll advance. If they lose, they'll be done. But yeah, so she's playing. Tyra Buss and and uh, Amanda Cahill have both had good years, but they've been off for a little bit. They're the Amanda's league actually getting ready for the playoffs. They they don't start though for like another week, and then. Um, Jory Davis is playing in Italy and, and and has played okay, but she's also been at times coming off the bench at times she started. And then uh, Nicole Cardano-Hillary's team right now, they are kind of in that middle of the pack. They won't qualify for the Spanish League playoffs unless they can kind of put a little bit of a run together here. And and that season is is got about another month left from what I can tell. Yeah. So real quick, Jeff, I'm going to jump back into our lingering questions and then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap things up again. So Eagle Eye says um, he kind of hopes co- uh, coach Terry Morin keeps Holmes out unless absolutely necessary on Monday. Do we all agree? Of course, it's hard to say not, not knowing exactly what her medical information, which is obviously none of our business, but she has carried a lot of the, the load this year. So, so what are your thoughts on this? Because you never know with that eight, nine game, Miami and Oklahoma state, I think are absolutely going to be much tougher opponents mm-hmm. than what we saw in Tennessee tech today. And we can't afford to lose the game, right? I mean, we're in postseason. It's winter, go home. Um, I, I would love to see us be able to rest her, but I feel like if she's available to play, I think she's going to probably start the game because we need a strong start. And then maybe you get out to a lead and then sit her. Um, but what are you, what are your kind of thoughts? And again, it's, it's hard not to know or hard for us to say without knowing exactly her situation, but yeah. What are your, ter- your thoughts? And, and Terry Morin is famously very tight lipped about injuries. There's yeah. not much going to come out other than she'll be unavailable or as we talked about earlier being 50 you know optimistic she can play on Monday um I I I think if she if she's healthy she starts because I think you don't right. want her to set excuse me I don't think Another you want week. her to set and, and let it kind of stiffen up on her now Ari did tell us in the text group the group text that they had like an elliptical machine over on the behind the bench so that would be a way to keep her loose um, I would assume if she was when she's not on the floor, if she can play um, my like I said right now, my gut is it's 50 50. She plays and I'll, I'm right now. I'm almost leaning toward. I'll be surprised if she does play. I think this is a little more than what we uh, unfortunately and and, uh, and Joel, our friend, our good friend, Joel pointed out on Twitter that it, all of a sudden the vibes become 1993. It is, yeah. is, is and 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 I hope that's not true. Again, I think we have veteran kids that can make plays and we'll find a way. But I'm just getting it. Like I said she's been out two weeks. I don't know how another 36 to 48 hours gets her a whole lot healthier. Except you assume she's getting a ton of treatment. And 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 Eagle, I, I agree with you. We don't know her, her her and with the HIPAA laws, we don't know what it is. But you know, part of what we do on the podcast is speculate. And and right now, I'll be very pleased if I see her. But I'm leaning toward I'm not sure we'll see her Monday night. Yeah, I'm not either. That's I'm not sure what to expect. But yeah, I am. I still think if she's available, at least she starts the game. Um, 
for a couple of reasons. One to get her back in and, and see how, how it is, you know, it's, it's one thing to play in practice, even scrimmage in practice is another thing to do, do it in a game time situation against two pretty, pretty good opponents. So, um, and all right. you, you might as well find out early whether she can get them down the floor or not. That's another reason to start her. You haven't. Ever, oh, <laughs> I think Jeff and I are talking at the same time, but you can follow us on Twitter and doing the work. Um, just search for us there. You can also find us in the Simply Call community page if you're not part of our party. You updated in both areas there. So um, between myself and, and then Ari, of course, who does a lot of posting in our private community and different articles. So we'll, we'll try to keep you updated. Again, um, we will be on maybe potentially depending because both Jeff and I also have real daytime jobs. So we both have to work on Monday. So depending on the game Monday, we may or may not be on right after the game. It may have to be a delayed podcast <laughs> um, because they want us to work so we can still get our paycheck. Um, so in case you're going into podcasting, it doesn't pay a whole lot in case you're not worried, uh, concerned or not sure. Um, but keep an eye again on that Twitter account and we will keep you updated. Um, on the men's side is Simply Call. We'll be on tomorrow on Sunday after the Miami game. They will have their post game show. That game time tips at 840 Eastern and 740 Central. We hope. Um, <laughs> yeah, depending on how the other previous games. So most likely much later. Um, so also we are part of our back home network is Crimson Cast. So if you don't follow them, they have a lot of podcasting going on on the men's side, especially, but Amanda Foster also on the women's side. So follow them as well. Again, our next show will be, we are not sure sometime Monday. Monday. That's all we got for you. Hey, can't they, right, just, can't yeah. they just thought about this, you know, wouldn't it be kind of cool to see IU play Miami in the second round Price? with both teams? Yes, I mean, I, I'm not really I, I, caring who they play, but I think that'd be kind of cool if IU could play Miami and the men on Monday on Sunday turn around and play the IU uh, I, Miami women Miami. on Monday. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think either way, you got some fun storylines, right? You have that Miami versus Miami both times. And right. if it, we play Oklahoma State, I was just checking the score. Oklahoma State's now up 19 to 10 at the end of the first quarter. The Oklahoma State, of course, you have the Garzon versus right. Garzon sister situation. So that would be interesting, especially it would be really interesting if they have to guard each other. So I think you have some fun storylines in either of those opponents. But I think we can move on to last call, Jeff, if you are ready for it. Hang on just a second. <laughs> All right. So as I alluded to, it is now time for last call, Jeff. So what is on your mind as we wrap up things today from our first NCAA tournament? You're just trying to win six in a row at this point. That, and, and they got number one down. And that's, to me, that's really where the focus is. I know we talked about Mac a lot. I know we've talked a lot about, you know, the, whether she'll play. But at the end of the day, right now, it's about winning six in a row when you start the tournament. They, they checked off number one today. Let's go get number two on Monday, and we'll just kind of go from there. But, you, you know, you just again, it doesn't matter how you do it. doesn't matter how many points. Today was a 30-point win. Would we have been sitting here going, man, I can't believe we only won by one. But at the end of the day, in this tournament, it only matters that you survive and advance. And they did that today. And now they just got to win five more. Yeah, I agree. And I thought, you know, survive and advance. And I thought we did it in a resounding fashion, right? We came out a little, little tight, maybe a little slow in that first quarter, letting them tie us 18-18 with the three-pointers and our defense, maybe not quite as tight as what we'd see it. But as always, we tightened it up and just really came out and just put the game away pretty quickly in those last um, three quarters. So um, it's what we've been seeing from this team all along. 
and we did it without our, our um, you know, first team All-American with Mackenzie Holmes and leading scorer. And, you know, the other thing I thought was nice to see from Mackenzie is, you know, Lily went to the bench one time and they showed her sitting over there counseling Lily. Mm -hmm. And so I think this bodes well for the future of our program, too. So we have very big picture items and, and themes going on with our team right now. And it's a, just, again, a fun team to watch. And I'll continue watching them. Hopefully, we'll all continue watching and talking about them for the next three weeks. So with that, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up completely. So if you do want to see us do the live show, if you're not here with us right now, you can be part of our live chat by subscribing to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash assembly call. I alluded to our private community as well. You can join there too as well at assemblycall.com slash community. So that's a lot of fun. You get a lot of updates, not just during the basketball season, but throughout on any kind of recruiting news and things going on. We try to talk about women's basketball, men's basketball, football, baseball. There's a lot of good conversations going on over there. Um, special thanks to John Ringer of Riggs Design for designing our new logo that you can see. And then also a huge thanks to Bob Thompson, who has created our new music that you heard throughout the broadcast. But most of all, please let you know, thank you to all of you that are listening either live or afterwards on whatever podcast feed or YouTube feed that you, you want. So we'll be back to talk IU Hoops with you again, though, on Monday at some point. <laughs> and then, until then, um, keep your elbow in, your eyes on the rim, and let's go Hoosiers. All right, where are we at now? So, yep, 19 to 12 Oklahoma State, so early. So, so flip that game on and see how it's going on. That'll be fun. So, yeah, so hey, just I'll be available Monday. We'll talk a little bit more on Monday yep. about what happens for the next week on the next weekend because I'm not sure when they'll play if they get to the regional. So, I'll know a little more, but I know I'm going to be in Spokane, okay, for at least three days, about three and a half days. So, all right. I might be able to watch and join in. I don't know. I, yes. <laughs> so it's just a matter of totally I might be it. able to or hop in for a little bit, but you might be able you know, start thinking a little bit about, yep. you know, somebody who can help you out a little bit. So, yep. but I want to we'll thank be. everybody and Hey, enjoy the rest of your Saturday. The one nice thing about a 1030 game central time was I can enjoy the rest of the Saturday. Yeah. So we don't have to be like it was on the men's side where they have to sit around all day and wait for this. So it was good oh, to get man. this out and, and 30 point win is still fantastic. It's just amazing. Yeah. yeah. But they were on it like midnight last night. I was like, Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it sure was. So, so. all right. Kathy. All right. Well, thanks everyone. We'll see you guys Monday.